Hey everyone, my name is Sumble Siddiqui. And I'm Alana Mallon, and we are two new Cambridge City Councilors, and this is our weekly podcast, Women Are Here. We are here. <laughs> We're here. We made it through another week. Uh, so this morning, we attended the Cambridge Works graduation. It's always a tearjerker. Cambridge Works is a transitional jobs program designed to serve residents ages 18 to 35, who, for a variety of reasons, have not been able to get or keep a job. So the centerpiece of the transitional jobs model is learning to work by going to work. And so a huge thank you to the job sites that hosted our uh, our uh, residents, Cambridge Brands, Mount Auburn Hospital, Cambridge Senior Center, Spalding Hospital, the Windsor Street Preschool, MIT, New England Development, and the Harvard Square Hotel. Yeah, that's always such a good event, and I, I love going because um, it's always so... The speeches by the graduates are always so awesome and um, inspirational. And one of the Cambridge Works Ty- staff members, Tyrone, um, did his whole speech about talking about change and how change is hard, um, but that change offers opportunities, which I really liked thinking about change that way. I think a lot of yeah. times we think about change as being like scary or different or you, people are fearful of change, but it does bring opportunities. Yeah, I really, really like that. I I'm going to bring that into my life. I, we should. Just every every time I feel fearful about change, I'm just going to think about how it brings opportunities. Ditto. Thanks, Tyrone. I have all our listeners take that (laughs) wisdom away. So uh, the Suffolk County DA, uh, Rachel Rollins, who is awesome. She's so cool. And she gave the closing remarks uh, and her message was so great. Uh, she's just she's so real she's so real and she always I've seen her I've heard her talk like 10 times and she always reveals some other part of herself where I'm like what yeah yeah so she talked about what it means to be a district attorney Uh, you have to be a lawyer she talked about she has a lot of these degrees she's gone to Harvard Business School she's now the DA and she makes the rules Uh, but as a 19 year old in college as, as a division one athlete she was arrested for receiving stolen property and that is on her quarry to this day. But she talked about how that doesn't define her and that life life she's led after that experience um, has been, you know, really awesome. And she had a lot of great advice for the graduates. And what we took away was she said, the life experience you have, be grateful for it. Don't ever deny any part of your life. Your life. It makes you who you are today. You're a um, mosaic, a beautiful landscape that is long. Yeah, and I think I was watching the graduates um, who are all kind of 18 to 35, um, you know, many, there's, you know, many of them that were African-American. Mm-hmm. And to see this woman who is from Cambridge, a daughter of Cambridge, um, who's the district attorney talking about how she's the boss of the judges and she, she's like the boss. She's the chief enforcement officer. Yeah, and so she um, getting up there and talking about how she has something on her record, her permanent record, and she was saying, you know, I could have it expunged, um, but then it just says that there was something on my record and people can, then people have to kind of try to figure out what it was. So it's either that she received stolen property when she was 19 or she was like the perpetrator of 17 homicides. Right. Like there's no... So she leaves it on there. And that her point was, you may have things in your own past that will carry with you. It doesn't define who you are. It doesn't mean mm-hmm, that you're mm-hmm. not going to get to a place where, look at me. Right. I just thought she was really inspirational. And she was great. She was yeah. the perfect speaker for um, for that particular event. I'm so glad they had a speaker. They usually I know. don't. They usually I know. Don't. Yeah. Um, so I hope she comes back. Um, and, I, you know, I'm sure she's very busy reforming so the busy. criminal justice system in Suffolk County. However, um, maybe she could just 
I don't know, record some videos <laughs> where they could have them graduate because I thought it was awesome. I hope they, I think they recorded that and I think they're going to try to incorporate some of that speech. Oh, into like into, a, the next yes, session? Yeah. Oh. And then, you know, share it with people. So she stayed around for a while after to talk to all the graduates because they mm-hmm. did have questions and I saw so many of them like going up to her and I don't know. I thought it was awesome. She's awesome. She's awesome. Thank you for coming, DA Rollins. Yeah, she's great. Um, okay, so we weren't here last week because um, I had a total nervous breakdown because both of my children graduated from um, either elementary school or middle school. And so anyway. And the pictures were fab. <laughs> Very cute. And they, didn't, they didn't show me like losing my mind. <laughs> oh, but we were we were texting and you sent me uh, the one for Toby from eighth grade. Yeah. And I thought about my eighth grade graduation. Which was five years ago. <laughs> It was not. <laughs> but you saw that picture. I think you yes, picture. Yes. I, I look the same, unfortunately. I you look the same, fortunately. You're adorable. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no, it's funny to think about your eighth grader being right. a, like I'm a sure. grown up and um you know, for, for me it was like the end of my parenthood as an elementary school parent, you know? Yeah, like yeah. I don't have young kids anymore. Yeah. And so I wasn't expecting it to hit me that hard. So anyway, sorry we weren't here last week. But man, I'm telling you, all of you, you wouldn't have wanted to hear me. Yeah, yeah. It was not pretty. I'm, so, I'm, but they're so lucky to have a mom like you. So, uh, so you know, thank you for saying yeah. that. Uh, sometimes I think they would agree with you, and most times I think they. Would. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, anyways, okay. So last Monday night, since we weren't here, there was one thing that I wanted to just quickly run by everybody is that, um, okay. As everyone knows, here in Cambridge, we have a ton of traffic, and it feels like it gets worse every single day, especially around rush hour. Yes. And we've had a ton also, if you even look around just like on any given day, you'll notice that there's like a gazillion Uber and Lyfts in the city each and every day. So we've talked about this on the podcast before, but in 2017, there were 6.8 million pickups of Uber or Lyft drivers in Cambridge alone, which tells us that about over 18,000 pickups per day just in Cambridge, which is a lot. Um, so but much. Wow. It's so much. And um, But what we don't know about is how much of our traffic is due to these services. Well, it turns out San Francisco um, had the same question, and because... Um, Uber and Lyft are notoriously bad about giving up any of their data. San Francisco worked with the University of Kentucky to do a study of the um, ride-hailing data. And what they found was that the increase that San Francisco had been seeing in their traffic over a six-year period, um, that 40% of that new traffic was due to Uber and Lyft. So, you know, this runs contrary to, like, what Uber and Lyft were actually saying that they would do, which is taking private cars off of the road. Mm -hmm. Um, so University of Co- uh, Kentucky collected information on where and when and exactly those trips occur and found that the, uh, they are at the most congested parts of the city and the most congested times of day. And so then the team scraped data from Uber and Lyft to simulate the ride requests, which allowed them to map the position of drivers and determine how many trips are taken along with where they begin and end. So they had a really full picture of where all of the traffic was and how much of it was Uber and Lyft. And I think we need to do a similar study here. So last Monday night, I put in an order asking the city manager to work with a local research institution Harvard and MRT, I'm looking (laughs) at you, um, to conduct a similar study here in Cambridge because unfortunately, because each region is so different, it's not a transferable data set or, or um, study. So, um, you know, we actually have um, some regional partners like the MAPC and at some neighboring communities, and hopefully we'll be able to do a more regional study. 
The idea is that once we have a clear idea of what this looks like on our roads, we can more effectively implement policy to try to regulate this kind of out of control industry. Um, I said Monday night, you know, I'm all for disruption, but, you know, environmentally, I have a environment, there's environmental reasons why we shouldn't have this many cars on the road that, you know, the city has a ton of programs to try to decrease right. single use driver rider experiences. Um, and this is running contrary to our city's policies. Um, and then also if you think about public safety, you know, millions and millions of Uber drivers pulling over, it's dropping off and picking up. It's yeah. making it very unsafe for our other road users. Um, and so it was actually really good timing because we found out this week that in 2018, the number of pickups in Cambridge by Uber and Lyft went from 6.8 million in 2017 to 7.8 million in 2018, which is a 1 million increase over, um, you know, year over year. So it's high time to have this conversation. And quite honestly, uh, it's something that we can't do fast enough, I think. And where did this recent uh, report, who, who was it through? Uh, so the so the ride hail services have to provide the information to the state by municipality because that's actually how they pay us right. out our 10 cents um so we'll get seven hundred and eighty thousand dollars this year but 7.8 million that's over that 22 thousand <laughs> pickups a yeah. day yeah we're six square miles it's ridiculous it's crazy it's really so crazy. crazy so cambridge really has a problem and we I should think study this yeah yeah well thank you for putting that in i think uh, it'll provide a lot of hopefully useful uh, information because we don't know really yeah. and I've been you know I've been tweeting about this and um, you know the the town manager of Arlington is also like we they want in Brookline wants in like I think regionally this is a real problem not just in Cambridge oh and, yeah um, I think it would it may make sense for us to all be working together and yeah come on Harvard MIT MIT come MIT. on they can do this in their sleep right like tomorrow <laughs> so I uh, I'm really glad that um, we, we all supported that and passed that policy order. I had uh, a few policy orders that I was on. One I submitted that uh, was focused on the trash. I love trash. So, <laughs> like Oscar the yeah, Crouch. Tr tri trashy PO. <laughs> oh, God. The things that make me laugh now. <laughs> so, as you know, we've been working uh, to clean up the area uh, near Jerry's Pond and the the Russell Field and uh, specifically the Kamai Field uh, near in Rinjav. And we've been able to replace some of the bins and the outdated trash receptacles with Big Billy bins. And But it, there are some older open receptacles still in that area. Uh, and with the opening of the pool coming up, uh, we know that this area is going to probably have a high accumulation of uh, rubbish uh, and so we this this policy order will be really it has been is targeted to get some more eyes uh, on that area and replace some of the, uh, just a replace do a good uh, replacement of even the, especially the open uh, yeah because bins. those attract rodents too. it's it's like a rat's field day yes and the big bellies they can't get inside and 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 there's also the recycling bins that are that are oh, open those, those blue ones yeah that everyone just throws trash into exactly yeah exactly so we 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 want to <laughs> mitigate against that and this just as you know we've gotten a lot of emails about the rat and rodent activity yeah Whew. so um the, the, that is that's something that our Department of Public Works is is working on, and I'm hopeful that we'll get a, you know, we'll just get get that area a little bit uh, looking 
little bit more spruce. Yeah, up. I mean, it's a hugely um, used area so in the trafficked. summertime because the, the ball pool. fields are there, the pool is there, the bike path is there. I mean, there's a ton of people that access that area mm-hmm. in the summertime. Yeah, and it's something that uh, I, I've also been working, and I'm working with some residents right now, in addition to just the uh, outside the Jerry's Pond area, but to think about Ringe Ave, too, and beautifying Ringe Ave, uh, like near the cemetery, near, near, just, there's a lot of... Just it's a really, sad, st- really like it's sad, a, yeah, street. sad stretches of street. sad stretches. Yeah. So we, you know, we'll probably for the summer meeting, I'll submit something. That was one of the things I liked about the Jerry's Pond proposal. Yeah. When I was looking at that PDF like a million years ago, when mm-hmm. you first started talking about this, is that like the way that they had it reimagined Ringe Ave, yeah, and the beautification of it. Right. I was like, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, yeah. So I'm working on that with some residents. That would be uh, nice. We're, we're gonna try to get some input on. You know, I see these planters. I see all these cute things in other areas of the, of the city, and yeah. it's like, why don't we have this in here? I don't know. So we're, let's we're do gonna, it. We're gonna fix it. Uh, so yeah, we we had that order, and then I had a resolution that all the my um, female colleagues supported uh, on the woman's right to choose and the Row Act specifically. That m- there's many bills pending uh, in Massachusetts, and. Uh, you know, in the legislature to support a woman's right to choose. So, okay. Yeah. I was, thank you for doing that. I mean, I think it's so crazy that we have to worry about this, but now that we do, thanks for putting that in. Yeah. Thanks to all the legislators at the state house. We're actively working on that for our master. And there was resident. a big hearing that day earlier that day. Yes. At, I, uh, like I 12 PM, uh, on the row act. So there are a lot of people testifying. Um, yeah, I, thank God we live here. Right. Keep seriously. watching The Handmaid's Tale being like, oh my God, it's, we're it's happening. Away. It's, it's moments happening. away. Um, so yeah. And then last week, last Thursday night, I had my final Arts Task Force meeting, which was really fun. It was at La Fabrica. Yeah. <laughs> which thank you so much to Dennis Benzad for opening up the back room for us to have our um, a meeting. We had it originally scheduled somewhere else and we lost it sort of at the last minute and um he was able to step in. The funniest part was in the middle of the meeting, we were trying to get some lighting up. You know, have you ever been back there in the back room? So it's yeah. Like, it's like yeah, a, huge. It's huge, but it's a nightclub. Like I know. It's a dance. It, you should see the weekends. That everyone's trying to get in. We should go sometime. I'm not going. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I would love I would love to think of myself as somebody who would go to a dance club on a Saturday night. Yeah. I just I just can't see it happening. But anyways. So they were trying to turn on the lights and like the disco lights came on. So it was like perfect <laughs> because, you know, there we were, the Arts That's Task great. Force. Anyway, so um, we, had a, we had a bunch of recommendations. So it was a lot of the stuff that we had been talking about for the past eight months. And we, you know, we combed through all of the meeting minutes to try to figure out where were the things that we have not already put into place. Um, and p- we will be putting forth a, a list of recommendations. But it was awesome. I... Um, I really want to thank all of the Arts Task Force members who came each and every month with their their best selves and their, you know, there were so many people who were on the task force that um, had their own issues, right? So, uh, you know, we had the executive director of the Dance Complex who I know has yeah. um, considerable capital improvements that he needs to make to, his, to the Dance Complex and Olivia D'Ambrosio who, you know, unfortunately lost yeah. their space at the Multicultural Arts Center. Everybody just kind of brought their, their, you know, they kind of checked their own self at the door and worked on this larger, broader arts issue and making sure that we were kind of coming together and um, working on it in a in a really collaborative way, and I really appreciated that. I loved the idea that people came together and like, I know that they have specific needs, and you know, even each art medium was like, 
you know, I think dance is the most important right. art. But, you know, they were able to kind of just work together work and listen. together and really listen right. and really kind of work towards a common goal, which was really to just try to figure out how the city can best support all arts. And so I'm grateful to the Arts Task Force members, and we will be putting forth those recommendations in the next month or so. Um, but it was kind of bittersweet because it's been a long nine months. Yeah. You know? And you know, you, you're doing a task force right now. And um, it, it was sad. Like, I, it's a great group of people. And we find, you know, we really kind of hit our groove. But um, and now we're like all just like, bye. Bye. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to figure out what to do next. That's great. Yeah. No, it's great that, you, that such great works come out of it. And I'm excited to do the see the report. We, um, we are working on similar things at the Tenant Displacement Task Force. Less fun. But uh, <laughs> but still uh, still critical. still very critical, and we'll be working through the summer, and then. Um, but you're disbanding. We'll we'll no, we're still we're, we're going to have some meetings throughout the summer, and then in September will probably be our last task force meeting. Oh, man. I had uh, high hopes that we could do it in six months and wrap up, but turns out turns out <laughs> it's a uh, sticky it's, it should be a lot to talk about so much so much to do and figure out so um but yeah we uh we'll, we'll both share our respective reports out when they're ready cool and then monday uh we had a long day we uh, did we, we wanted to wait to share this news we uh, hired uh, a new city clerk his name's anthony ivan wilson he's currently the city clerk in springfield uh and he was one of four finalists for the position that were narrowed uh, by a selection committee led by Vice Mayor Jan Devereaux, and which included the mayor and Councillor Carlone. And so the finalist names were released last week and also fo- followed by their resumes and personal statements uh, last last week as well. So people had a chance to read about their read about them and come to public comment. And so the council we interviewed each fina- finalist publicly for about half an hour each on Monday afternoon. Uh, and then we went into executive session during the council meeting after the interviews were over. But it was my, it was baby's first executive session. <laughs> right, because the city council can only hire three people. Yeah. So the city manager, the city auditor, and the city clerk. Yeah. So we weren't here for when the city manager was hired. So this was our first hiring experience. It is, it was bizarre. Bizarre, bizarre. It's bizarre. Yeah, so it, we were all because we weren't on the interview committee, no. which we spent a lot of time with each candidate. So then th- those, th- the interview committee forwarded us the full city council for people. But then we all just got to spend half an hour with these folks who were all great. Um, and then it was like, okay, everybody vote, choose. So yeah. that executive session, we couldn't even talk. We can't talk about Mm-mm. who we're voting for. Obviously, we can't deliberate privately. But we couldn't ask any. We couldn't questions. ask questions either. So we just we could ha- just ha- agree that. Each of us ha- could ma- could make a decision and vote for someone, uh, and so we voted for Mr. Wilson, who I think you know he's going to be wonderful. Yeah, and actually, uh, he got eight out of nine. Oh votes. yes, yeah. yes. Um, so and <laughs> he was there with his wife and their two ch- like young so children. Cute. So cute, very distractingly <laughs> cute. They were so cute. Um, so <laughs> it was kind of. It was one of those things. And then another candidate was also sitting there. And it, oh, that it made was it so really awkward. hard, I yeah, think, because yeah. um, it was so public. But anyways, we have a new city clerk. Even... Well, he is in negotiations currently with our yes. human resources department about 
um, salary, salary, and all, that. Well, all that stuff. And so, you know, he ha- obviously has to move from Springfield <laughs> to. It's not a commute. It's not a. You not can't commute here, but I think they're excited, hopefully, to to to, to live here or close to here yeah it seemed like they were they were ready to to do that um and so donna lopez who has been in the city clerk's office for 49 years is now she um will stay on probably and handle the transition but yeah best of luck i'll miss her she is just one of those like do you think anthony wilson will be able to pronounce your name what do we think oh my god i don't know what if you have to go through like a whole nother six months hey (laughs) saduki <laughs> Counselor Sudoku. God, I'll never forget my swearing in. <laughs> I just looked at my parents. They're like, they said it wrong. I was like, I know, guys. Oh my just, god, just... I'm in, I'm glad you can laugh about it. <laughs> no, I was pretty pissed, but yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> Best of luck, Donna. Uh, what else happened? Um, oh, okay, so the community development department a few weeks ago, I had asked them to um, put together a series of informational sessions on the affordable housing overlay across the city at different times, providing food and refreshments and childcare, just to really get out into the community and speak with residents and answer their questions and hear their concerns directly. Because I feel like we've been having this conversation for a long time, but there wasn't a lot of opportunity for people to interact and engage with our actual community engagement team or <laughs> community engagement team, community development team. Um, so those have started um, and CDD reported back um, when those meetings are going to be. And so I just want to tell you that the next one is tonight, which is Thursday, July 18th um, from 6 to 8 at the Multicultural Arts Center in East Cambridge. Um, and then there's one Monday night, July 22nd, uh, 6 to 8 at the Cambridge Community Center um, on 5 Calendar Street, just off Putnam Ave. And then Wednesday, July 24th, 6 to 8 at the Trolley Square Community Room at 2401 Mass Ave in North Cambridge. Um, so those will be happening sort of concurrently with the meetings that we are going to be having about the affordable housing overlay um, because the planning board is going to be meeting in Next, next week? week yeah next week tuesday tuesday night about the affordable affordable housing overlay and then we will have our first ordinance committee hearing on july 2nd um i'm just playing i think it's at let's see july 2nd it's 5 30 yes 5 30 till midnight probably (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so um if you can join one of those sessions um or if you can join the planning board they do provide the video and the ordinance committee will be live streamed you can watch it from home but however you can uh interface and and interact around this issue um would be great and if you have questions you can always email us Um, yeah please go please go please email us um I've just actually wrote um, a piece around housing um, and the environment, how we're having sort of a binary conversation. I think we've talked about this on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago, how sometimes it's very difficult to have a housing conversation versus an environment conversation mm-hmm. when I think we should be having them in Both. tandem. Yeah. So keep it, you know, look out for that because I think um, it kind of gives a little perspective of how we can be looking at this um, in a macro way versus a micro way. Yeah, and I think the thing we struggle with is all of it, it, it <laughs> so all struggling. of it, and um, you know, we really want people who haven't been plugged in to come to these meetings. Yes. We and if you have thoughts and ideas on this, we're open. Uh, you know, I talked to the city manager about the first meeting that just happened last Saturday, and you know, he was very honest, and he said that it was a lot of the same people who always come. Yeah, and so how do we f- how do we find the non traditional 
um, people to come. And I think that's something that's very, it's a difficult thing to, you know, figure out the solution to. Yeah. And I think we had offered some suggestions to CDD on Monday night about some alternative ways to reach people, you know, using the faith-based community, Mm -hmm. using the Cambridge Nonprofit Coalition to get the word out. Um, I think there's ways to do it that CDD doesn't always tap into. And I think Councillor Simmons was kind of hitting this home as well as I was just trying to say like, okay, guys, you got these set up. Let's get the people there. Yeah. So, um, so that was, that was Monday. That was Monday. And then Tuesday night, um, I attended this awesome presentation, which was Rachel Cargill. Um, it was called uh, Unpacking White Feminism. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. She was supposed to come about a month ago, but she got the flu. And then <laughs> so the, they rescheduled it for Tuesday night. And then she got stuck at LaGuardia for six hours. Wow. Um, so she ended up doing it remotely. <laughs> so it was at the main library. I'm glad that they did it because it was so good um so she kind of started off her feminism her activism around this issue around white feminism um after the women's march so there was a photo of her with a sign that said if you don't fight for all women you fight for no women and she was with a friend of hers who had another sign that was essentially talked about you know black women's rights trans white rights and it was this really iconic photo that um got shared by refinery 29 which you know, their audience is predominantly white. And the feedback was very, very positive. Like, you go, we're with you. Um, you know, it was all like about womanhood, togetherness, like solidarity and feminism. Um, but then a few months later, it went, the same photo went viral on Afropunk, whose audience is predominantly black. And the response was very different and very negative. So black women wanted to know why um, she was, you know, joining this white, basically this what they called like a white parade right Mm -hmm. so it's white women who finally were angry enough to get out and march um when black women have been marching for for rights forever like where were these white women Mm -hmm. during flint flint michigan water crisis where were these women during black lives matter and police shootings so she really um she said she was like really stunned by the differences and that she it, it prompted her She's, what, what she said in the Huffington Post piece that she wrote was, the fo- this photo was all of a sudden a very real representation of the double oppression that black women de- deal with daily. I was feeling bold and motivated, yet silenced and misunderstood as I grappled with having a voice that would fully express all parts of me, my womanhood and my blackness. So this started her into doing this really deep dive into feminism, white feminism, and the intersection intersectionality of being black and being a woman. So... She's actually now using this platform to talk to white women about the many times um, and many ways that white feminism has purposely left black women behind and how to actively face history and all the waves of feminism and see them for what they were and how white women keep choosing their whiteness um, over their their broader gender. So, you know, we've talked about this before. The suffrage movement yeah. left black women behind. Um, 1970s and the, 70, and the second wave of feminism, there was a book that was sort of a catalyst called um, The Feminine Mystique by Betty Friedan that was essentially like, women, you have to go out and fight for equality at work. Um, you should be equal to men. Mm-hmm. And essentially, Rachel Cargill was like, Look, black women have been working largely unpaid for a long time. So this second wave of feminism and women being equal to men, it was really about white women being equal to white men. And her, she was like, she was 
all business. She was like, this is not a feelings place. Yeah. Okay. This is facts. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be in a feelings place, then you go to your therapist. This isn't the place for you. And it was, That's cr- wow. it was yeah. like real talk. And right. I think um, it was necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, you know, like I said, in previous podcasts, like I always learned something. There was a lot, a lot, a lot that I learned. Um, and a lot of people there. There were a lot of people there. Um, I hope that people, people seem to really, be, to really be with her, even though she was like, she was really in your face in a good way. Um, but then what she said at the end, which I thought was really interesting, she was like, look, if you are with me right now, because I am palatable, because I am a light-skinned black woman who's cute and, you know, talks. I went to Harvard. Like, she's like, and you aren't out there supporting and going to the talk by your, um, the black activist in your community or the mm-hmm. black teacher who wants to talk to you about inherent bias in the teaching community. You are not promoting this, this cause, right? Like, yeah. you're, not, you're not furthering this cause for black women you can't come here and do this work and not do it in your own community. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, she, I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you can follow her. Um, she's at Rachel C A R G L E on Twitter um, and Instagram. And I've, I went back and read some of her, some of her older writings and wow. I mean, she's really good. She's really good. So kudos to the women's commission and the um, commission on gender based violence initiative um for putting that together and for i saw them running around trying to put the av together and and organize it it seemed like a really really stressful way to have an event so kudos to them for really pulling it off yeah yeah i'm glad that the library had that event uh i couldn't make it but um i went with um a couple of our aides yeah and we were it's so funny oh because she was like pull out your notebooks ladies like this isn't <laughs> just great. a sit back and like th- you are in class did right sarah now. go yeah so sarah went and um jan Devereaux's aide uh liz walker went so the three oh, of us we good. were sitting there like mass like taking notes taking notes yeah, it good, was really good. sweet was it recorded um so I don't think so because okay. it was on a screen oh, and then she true, kept sharing true. her screen and showing oh, us videos, yeah, yeah, which yeah. I've been posting on Twitter because I think they're good. Yeah. And you should, she does this whole thing on like barbecue Becky and. Oh, I love it. Whole okay. Thing. I can't wait. So, so also yesterday at the library uh, was a few of events com- commemorating June. Oh, Juneteenth. Uh, Juneteenth. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, so it's a blending of words, June and 19th. It's the oldest known U.S. celebration of the end of slavery. And it commemorates June 19th, 1865, which the that's the day that the Union Major General Gordon Granger rode into Galveston, Texas and told slaves of their emancipation from slavery. So that was like the last group of slaves that didn't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so African-Americans and others mark June 18th, also called Emancipation Day, much like the 4th of July with parties, picnics and gatherings. And I know that, um, you know, some workplaces have also like my friend works at Google and they were they had um, information out on the day. Why didn't we do anything at City Hall? You know, I'm I was thinking that I'm surprised. I think. We did do, you know, the, the library was hosting a lot of discussions yeah. and there's a, there's a lot That's of, great. we should have, I wish we had, they were on our radar, our loud pod. Let's remember lot, that. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a lot more to it that I'm explaining, but a lot of people, a lot of people don't know what, um, 
Juneteenth is, but it's it's technically it is a U.S. holiday. One of the things we talked about at the Arts Task Force meeting was that we need a, a director of of cultural uh, events or something. Yeah. Because, you know, thankfully, um, both you and um, previous city councilor Nadine Mazin have really pushed this idea mm-hmm. of, of having an iftar yeah. and having this big a community event around Ramadan, which is awesome. But it shouldn't just be because we elected Muslim elected leaders, right? It it there should right. be like a somebody in the city who was looking at all of our events in the calendar and saying like, what are we celebrating? How are we celebrating it? Um, and this is a perfect example of um, you know we just had um, what was it last Monday that was like the Caribbean yeah Caribbean heritage as far as Caribbean right heritage and month. it's because Councilor Zondervan right kind of you know was like this is something that we should be celebrating and then we should have a party and you know it shouldn't just be who's sitting in those chairs it right. should be right. celebrating all of the cultures that exist in our city and not <laughs> so anyways that was it's interesting that that was one of the recommendations that you'll see good um, good out of the arts task force we should have um the arts task force ha- say that there should be like a bollywood dance night <gasps> what can yeah. we have it at a- apple cinema <laughs> <laughs> we should do something bollywood related i think you know people have interest in that i just don't know we- what it should be but like we could definitely have something bollywood related that would be fun like why not <laughs> look at us yeah. we just did we'll, it. we'll do we'll do in the fall 2019 people we're gonna have a bollywood <laughs> night <laughs> um okay so and then last night um the sullivan courthouse saga continues mm-hmm. um so the sullivan courthouse in east cambridge has been um a hot topic in the community. So Leggett McCall Properties um, bid on the Sullivan Courthouse and won the bid and have signed a purchase and sale agreement with the state of Massachusetts to transfer the property. Um, And they got a special permit uh, several years ago. And in order to fulfill their special permit, they need to uh, find 420 parking spaces. And the idea was since the Sullivan Courthouse used to use the parking, the First Street parking garage, that Leggett McCall would go to the city and, and ask for a 30-year lease of 420 spaces from their 1,100 uh, um, parking space garage that's right next to the Sullivan Courthouse. Um, so there was a community meeting last night on that at the Kennedy Longfellow because we, as a city council, asked for a parking study just to make sure that you know this 420 spaces wouldn't um, negatively impact the East Cambridge community and their, um, their parking. So uh, it was a mixed meeting. Uh, the city sort of did their presentation with their consultant who did the study. Um, and then there was public comment for two and a half hours, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people kind of came up to the microphone. And, um, you know, to me, it seemed very mixed. People who have lived in the neighborhood and are like, look, uh, it's not a perfect plan. Um, but we want to get rid of the courthouse. But, um, Blight. Yeah, it's like a sick building. It's filled with asbestos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, there was a steam incident where uh, steam was pouring out of the 16th floor. And, you know, there's people, a woman spoke last night who lives across the street. She has two kids and she's like, there's asbestos in that steam. And it's just like raining down on our on our street. And now there's 10 feet of asbestos water in the basement. And, you know, the de- Department of Environmental Protection is trying to figure out how to pump it out. And where's that water going to go? And last time that happened, it ended up in our basement. So 
I think, you know, it, like I said, it, it was very mixed, um, but there are a couple of other steps that are going to happen. So the planning board is going to be holding a hearing on July 16th um, about the disposition, and then the city council will end up voting on the disposition of the spaces and the retail in the on the first street side um, at the summer meeting on July 29th. And because um, this is a disposition process, it needs six votes of the city council to pass it. So we have a fun summer ahead <laughs> <laughs> every summer is fun every summer, every summer. Is fun. <laughs> so yeah so that kind of concludes the wrap-up of some meetings we do have a few meetings next week we're gonna have a really busy busy next week we have a really busy next week and next week is our last week before the <laughs> i'm in air quoting summer break <laughs> yeah it's not really a summer break it's people not. so yeah on we have our regular meeting on monday night uh and then on tuesday I am co-chairing a housing committee hearing uh, on the Affordable Housing Trust recommendations for the city's inclusionary housing program, program's preferences in selecting residents for available units. I'm actually, it's a bummer that it's taken this this long to get it yep. on the calendar, but I do feel like I have a much better grasp of like what's needed Same. because I've had so many right. different scenarios with different people and understanding how um, how this could be revamped to, to actually work better for our most vulnerable residents. And yeah, I'm excited to have uh, you guys, committee members, weigh in mm -hmm. and then we can, because it's going to be a process before these are actually implemented. Right. Um, and then we have a transportation meeting, and I don't think you're on that committee, but no. um, that's Tuesday at 3.30, and that's going to be talking more about Eversource and um, our energy needs um, and the Fulkerson site that um, uh, people are pretty upset about. And then Wednesday, we have an ordinance meeting at 3.30 to discuss a petition received from Self Storage Group LLC to amend the zoning ordinance by creating a new street overlay district. So yeah, that was that self storage evolve of a yes member. Yes, yes. So self storage wants to go in where evolve the gym was, and then all the evolve people were upset, and then nobody wants a self storage unit on New Street, and mm -hmm. um, so it'll be interesting. They have changed their um, proposal yeah. several several times, so we'll see what they end up presenting to us uh, next Wednesday. And then we have another ordinance committee meeting, um, three thirty to five thirty. Uh, about cannabis yes and i hope this is our last i hope so too um cannabis meeting <laughs> um i would like to say a lot of things about um this meeting and um what i hope comes out of it but we can't talk about it we can't talk about, we can't it. Talk yeah. about it so if you grab me on the street i'll tell you everything i think uh, if you have thoughts please tell me um and then there's another so next thursday night so biomed realty purchased a piece of property on third street that was supposed to be the constellation center which is going to be this big five-stage multi-use art center um in the heart of east cambridge and <clears throat> it was a nonprofit, and they just never could get themselves together to um to do what they wanted to do on it and it eventually sold for 55 million dollars to biomed realty um and biomed realty because it was supposed to be an arts and culture site, has committed to a, a pretty substantial amount of square footage of whatever they build there to be dedicated to arts and culture. And so they've actually been coming to every arts task force meeting and then meeting with tons of people in the community to find out what is needed. Mm -hmm. um, and so next Thursday night from six to eight, they are having a community meeting around um, 
the arts and culture space and trying to get a sense from the community what uh, they need. So this is their first public meeting. Um, so I will post all the information on that, but they're very excited to hear um, directly from the East Cambridge community and the arts community to um, just to get some guidance. Get some feedback. Yeah. yeah, get some feedback and guidance. So Friday uh, is uh, also, we wanted to remind you of the city dance party on the 28th. Oh my God, I forgot. That's next Friday. That's next Friday. Not so tomorrow. Yeah, not tomorrow. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll remind you again about the dance party. But tonight we're heading to a, uh, the Community Learning Center graduation. And oh, I love this one too. Yeah. Uh, they had their Friends of Community Learning Center benefit last thursday that uh, i spoke at and that was really it's always it's such a great great program so we're doing that tonight um yep and then one of the things we talked about this week so um we've talked about this on the podcast before that there's a homeless court in harvard square um and now, now they're opening a second session of the homeless court in the um in the salvation army in central square so that'll start on september 18th and the session will be running in addition to the Harvard Square Homeless Court session, which is already underway. That's once a month, the one in Harvard Square. So this one will be once a month here in Central Square. So every two weeks, there will be a homeless session. And is Judge Strago doing both sessions, or are we getting a different judge? You, you know, know, I don't know that. So You can find out. Judge Strago is amazing. Um, I'm not certain that there's another judge who is this, no. as wonderful as her. But um, I think it's... An, the hard thing is, you know, if you miss your homeless court session, then you have to wait a, another month. And, you know, they don't want to put bench warrants mm -hmm. out for, for homeless residents. So um, having them every two weeks, I think, is going to be a really, really positive thing. Definitely. I'm so glad they're doing that. So this weekend, the Center for Families uh, will have a family fun day on Saturday. I uh, like fun. Yeah. It's from 10 to 1.30 at the Wrenchfield behind Peabody School for ages birth through eight birth through eight okay and then see you there so that's saturday also on saturday from 12 to 5 at 500 kendall street speaking of biomed realty so counselor kelly's office and biomed realty are hosting a new open <laughs> open <laughs> <laughs> hold on uh new urban mobility interactive experience free test rides talks by industry leaders refreshments and more so the event will be held rain or shine i told you that bob brought me home an electric scooter yeah you wrote it? I, I have ridden it, but not on the street. I'm afraid to. Yeah. I did it in L.A., remember? And I just, I was like, I could do this in L.A., but I don't know. I don't know. I like, it seems so easy. And I it's, should just do it. The I bird it. goes so fast. There's, this, well, this one you can, I mean, you you regulate it yourself. Yeah, but like, it's just, you Too have hard. so much power. <laughs> if you, if people want, if people want to ride a scooter right now, they can go to Brookline that yes tour, they have a pilot i saw some bird scooters there recently i saw counselor kelly post a youtube photo um video of himself riding a, a scooter over there yeah mm -hmm. so that so that's saturday for you guys and then sunday uh there's a cambridge vegetarian and vegan food festival what yay so the, the central square business association hosts its first annual vegetarian and vegan food festival there's going to be a lot of healthy organic plant-based food from local vendors and uh there's going to be also, art for sale from over 50 artists. And the festival is going to be held at the corner of Frostbeck and Bishop Allen in Central Square. I love these, like, food festivals. Yeah. Like the baking festival. Yeah. And then the Oh, Mexican, the baking was great. It was so good. And then the Mexican street food festival. I so, missed that one. Oh, it was so oh, I was bummed. good. And I think this one will be really well attended, <laughs> Are you going to go? Um, I know you hate Life Alive. <laughs> 
what? Stop telling people that. Yeah, I shouldn't. It's an Sorry. election year. <laughs> <laughs> I love Five Fly. Yeah, you, love, you love it. That's <laughs> my favorite. Um, I don't know. I think. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I'm taking my daughter to summer camp that day. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she's going. You can't have good excuse. I, can, I cannot go. Yeah. Um, I'm going because I, I actually love. I Look at you trying to get the life alive vote. <laughs> I want that vote. <laughs> no. <laughs> my best friend, Sheila, is vegetarian. And so I've been. I don't know. I kind of veg to begin with. So. Listen, I like food. The exactly. End. The vegan food is actually like it's it just is very good. I love the fake stuff. I love it. I love it. Love anyway, it. I love it. I love it. I love so it. another thing that you can do, and I'm going to make a joke about this. So please laugh, Alana. Okay. Uh, I will laugh. And so I'm ready. On Sunday uh, from 1 to 3.30 p.m. at Riverbend Park at uh, 1001 Memorial Drive, there is a concert for the, get ready, for the Sycamores. It's a musical celebration of the heritage, heritage trees on Memorial Drive and the work by residents on Green Cambridge and the Riverman Park Trust to preserve them for future generations. Did you make the joke? So no, I'm going to oh. make the joke. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like texting a bunch of people and basically, you know, to the response of the the, the, the concert, you, you can say, that is so sick, you know, in parentheses, S-Y-C. Oh my God. You know? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> like, I laughed about it so hard. Oh, my God. By the way, everyone send help because... Send help. Like, the things that we're finding funny are now just so sad and depressing. I know. <laughs> but, yeah, only the city of Cambridge. We're having a concert for the trees, so... Those are beautiful trees. They're very beautiful. I mean, I want... I'm not available. I'm trying to get the and... Sycamore vote right now. <laughs> I'm going to be there, all right? <laughs> I'm, like, listening to the beautiful violinist or whoever playing... With the trees. So, you know, if people want to go to that, uh, you should. You should. So one thirty to 3.30 at the Riverbend Park, 1001 Memorial Drive. So it's essentially like when you're driving down or walking down Memorial Drive and you get to the split at like Mount Auburn Street. Yeah. Uh, it's that little park. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's going to be sick. It's, oh, my God. I'm like embarrassed for you. Right? Like how my son's embarrassed for me when I say things are lit. And he's like, oh, my God, Mom, stop. Please don't ever say that again. I know. The listeners are like, oh, God, what's wrong with her? But I know some listeners loved and appreciated the joke. There are people all over yes. Cambridge right now just dying laughing. <laughs> I mean, they're hysterical at laughing. This, at this. Anyway. <laughs> all right. So we will see you all next week. And we will bring you more fabulous news and updates and fun events that you can go to. If you have questions or ideas for us, please tweet at me. I'm at A-M-M-A-L-L-O-N. And I'm at S-U-M-B-U-L-S-I-D-D. So tweet at us. Tell us what you think. Um, let people know about this podcast. We would love to reach more people and tell them what is going on here in Cambridge. In the bridge. Thank in the you. Bridge. Talk to you soon. Bye.